0: Uh, Varun how's it going it's been a while how are you man
1: I'm good to be with you again gentlemen it's been a while and uh, uh, I I miss talking to you and the and the discussions so thanks likewise, for having me Likewise
0: Likewise we uh, man the first time we talked was way back before all you know everything turned upside down and <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know we were freaking out cuz like this Trump guy supposedly was going to be some kind of a big deal in the election or whatever and now here we are Um, We we talk a lot on uh, Escape from Plan A about politics, but it's good to get you on because you're someone who actually works in politics and and doesn't speak in, you know, just over generalizations and stuff. So (laughs) thanks for making time,
2: man.
1: No, absolutely. My pleasure. Happy to dive in. It's going to be a great, great uh, pod.
2: Escape from Plan A. They
1: don't have laws against it. They just make it impossible. They come over here. They sell their cars, their VCRs. They knock the hell out of our companies. And, hey, I have tremendous respect for the Japanese people. I mean, you can respect somebody that's beating the hell out of you, but they are beating the hell out of this country. Kuwait, they live like kings. The poorest person in Kuwait, they live like kings. And yet they're not paying. We make it possible for them to sell their oil. Why aren't they paying us 25% of what they're making? It's a joke. This,
2: This sounds like
1: political presidential talk to me.
0: So I noticed. Okay, so so when we first talked, um, you were I think like director of operations at the AAPI Victory Fund, and then last time we emailed, it said president. I'm like, whoa, Varun's the president of the Victory Fund now. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what the Victory Fund is, how it formed? What its purpose is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, just to let you know that you, you know, if you go to Vista Print, you can actually get anything printed on on your uh, business card that you want. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, nice. so the, so the Victory Fund was uh, started uh, in 2016, and it was um, started with the intention of. Right. We know our numbers are small as as a community in this country, but in certain states, we're a little bit bigger. And in battleground states, uh, even though our numbers are, you know, four or five, six percent as a total population, we can make the difference if it's a tight election. And and so that was our uh, initial going in premise. And We focused on uh, six battleground states initially that we thought um, could be ready for us to uh, do some work in. And, you know, those states, uh, you know, from West Coast to East Coast, Nevada, Colorado, and then Ohio, Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. And... So we, we you know did a lot of analysis in the beginning, and we you know were trying to shake the money tree as much as we could, um, and then closer to you know Labor Day of 2016, we we started to get some you know some traction, and um, we had to kind of hone in on on, on three of the more pivotal states. And you know, so we, in the end, we concentrated on Nevada, uh, North Carolina, and, and Virginia. Uh, Virginia was it, it, not really that close. In the end, of course, we won by close to six points. But um, uh, it was someplace that the chairman, Shaker, Narasimhan, and I both we both live in Virginia. We knew the state quite well, so it was easier for us to do some you know operations mm-hmm. there. And And that sort of thing, but um, what was really uh, good for us, and we had some. It it took a few months to get some metrics after uh, the um, after the election, simply because it takes a long time for the voter files to get updated to to really kind of do some deep analysis. But in North Carolina, where we spent the the bulk of our funds, we were able to increase the API uh, API turnout by 176 percent. in in wake county north carolina which was where most most apis live in the state that's not nothing right there right i mean you know part of it of course you know in fairness was that when you start with you you know um low numbers it's easy Mm -hmm. to move the needle but it's still significant right because yeah yeah uh, you know nobody really talks to asians in political campaigns um and so we did and we man we Pummeled the heck out of Wake County. You, you, you know, you couldn't do, you couldn't like drive in your car and not hear a radio ad from the Victory Fund or see an ethnic ad or mm-hmm. uh, you, you know go on Facebook without seeing something from us. And and in the end, we spent peanuts. I mean, I I often say that we can we can run an entire national AAPI outreach program for the cost of about four or five primetime ads. Uh, you, you know, that um, mm-hmm. that that uh, a lot of the folks like Priorities USA and, you know, H- Hillary Clinton's campaign spend. So um, it's sure. it's uh, sure. uh, by micro targeting, we're able to do a lot of a lot of great, uh, very concentrated micro micro targeted work.
0: I think it's not it's kind of an open secret now that, you know, the uh, the, the DNC kind of was was an organizational nightmare in, that, in the in the 2016 election. Uh, something we've talked about in the past, is, and and which I've heard like in other, yeah, you know, like in the media too, when talking about this, is that the the Democrats don't seem to really value or understand uh, Asian American outreach that well. I feel like you know, it, to me, it's it sounds like there is some token understanding that it's important that representation matters, but whether they're gonna put um, you know real priority to it and resources behind it is another story you know saying that you you know it sounds like you did get quantifiable results in 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 getting that vote out in key battleground states like north carolina virginia did they is that recognized like have you been able to get that message across to the dnc that there there's actual room to there's actually you know ground that we can win
1: You know, so a bit of clarification, right? So the Mm -hmm. Victory Fund is a super PAC. We're considered what's called the Independent Expenditure Committee. So we don't coordinate with uh, the DNC. Uh, We Mm -hmm. don't coordinate Uh, with campaigns. Um, Mm -hmm. However, that being said, you know, even before I was part of the Victory Fund, I, I dealt a lot with the DNC and... Uh, you you know just being in Washington it's hard not to if you're uh, you, you know an active progressive or a Democrat right so but mm-hmm. uh, but you know you bring up a great point and that is um, you know they they uh, the DNC in the past has really taken um, our vote for granted and I, it's sort of a combination of a couple things right so we're a newly emerging, community, right? Even though some sure. of us have been here for five, six generations. Uh, we're a newly emerging, right. um, you know, community in terms of a voter block, right? We're about 21 million in the in the country. So, um, you, you know, uh, we have to fight much harder, I think, than a, a lot of folks to, to get noticed. Um, and I think donors actually to the DNC have to do a much better job specifically saying that, you know, uh, you know they're not going to give unless you know they see some tangible uh, investments in API outreach. And in mm-hmm, fact, today mm-hmm. there was just a, a press release that Tom Perez put out on Medium, um, or, or you know some some uh, uh, an article on Medium that t- talked about him investing more in. API African American and, and Latino outreach, so it's a good start, right? I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're in the start of a midterm. We've got three years to the next presidential. Um, it I I I, I remain a, an eternal optimist that you know things sure. are, are going to get right. But while the DNC is going down this parallel path of you know doing things on the coordinated side of a campaign, you know talking to candidates and working with uh, candidates campaigns directly, us on the outside in the independent expenditure world, what we can do is talk to donors and talk to progressive groups uh, and, you know, form alliances and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, raise a stink, you know, and that's what we're, that's, you know, what we're planning on doing in 2018 is just being a lot more vocal. Right. And are you seeing that
2: these donors and the groups that you work with are recognizing that they need to partner with Outfits like your like yours that um, know how to do these micro targeted campaigns, and they can't just assume that outreach to Asian AAPI people is similar or, uh, to reaching out to other
1: groups. I think they they're starting to get it. Yeah, right. I mean, I think we're we and some other groups, Latino Victory Fund, Black Pack, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Engage, um, which is the Muslim Political Action Committee. We're are you know you know all trying to you know beat the the drums a little bit, trying to get mm. them to notice, and they are starting to to notice uh, us a little bit. I've I've you know heard some things that are quite promising the last you know couple of days and couple of weeks. So that's good, uh, because here we are. Like I said in January, right? I mean, if we're having this conversation, you know, in the summer, we're all in trouble.
0: <laughs> one of the one of the things I I noticed. Um... Just since, since you and I have since we've all been talking, I've been paying a little bit more attention to um, to 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 like, you know, Asian-Americans and politics. Like one of the assumptions that I used to hold was that Asian-Americans are politically apathetic. They're not really involved, whatever. The more we talked, I started kind of inverting my thinking about this and the more like Adam and I and others have been sort of um, bit more involved in these kind of things as well. I've, I've learned that actually Asian-Americans, I'm Chinese, the Chinese-American community is extremely political. Like they're all about politics all the time. And one of the things that I think, I guess you started making me think was this outreach into that existing political consciousness of Asians. I think that's part of the thing that I've always, that I'm starting to realize maybe that's, maybe that's what you're getting at.
1: No, I mean, you bring up a great point, and that is that I often say that AAPI uh, outreach and electioneering is some of the most complicated work in uh, in politics, because you're talking about multiple ethnicities, you're talking about, you know, fifth generation Chinese Americans uh, or those, you know, off the boat. Uh, you're talking about cultural differences regionally around the country, uh, and so, and then you multiply that by like at least five, you know, four other ethnicities, Vietnamese, Filipino, uh, you know, Indian and uh, Korean. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's highly complex. And then you're still leaving out, you know, probably about uh, 10 to 15 percent of those from Indonesia, Thailand, et cetera. Right. So, um, you, you know, this is extremely complex work because, just the fact that you know, mo- oh, yeah. even millennials, you talk to them in a completely different way, uh, and you may not, you you may not, for example, in in um, in politics, appeal to them, say as much direct culturally. You there's always that cultural subtext, right? Um, and I think the, <laughs> maybe this is another pod in the making. But the the one sort of commonality between all of our ethnicities is food, right? <laughs> so so we need to get uh, some some chefs on the pod, and we can we can talk about cooking and and politics, and it's uh, how we can use one to get to the other.
0: <laughs> did did uh, did that? Do you do you have results from um, sort of like the AAPI turnout and the and how they voted? I'm so I'm so curious about this. I've seen some initial numbers. I it sounded like turnout was good, like heavier than usual. And it sounded like the vote. I mean, I'm openly partisan here, right? Because I'm not I don't I don't work for an independent PAC, but I was very happy to see, um, you know, minimal support for Trump, um, especially among two groups that I felt there was a lot of talk and concern about um, sort of potential support for Trump within them, which are the Chinese and the Indian voters. Yeah. So do you, do you, do you have, do you, like, do you have a picture of what actually happened in 2016 with Asian voters?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Indian voters, um, voted 88% for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Wow. Right. And what's
2: the gender split on that? If you know,
1: uh, I, I don't have that, but I, I think it was more women than men. Um, Versus right, the general population where fifty-two percent of white women voted for for uh, Donald Trump. So right. in in our our community, it was flipped, and in probably and 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 in, in most communities of color, it was flipped too. So amongst Latinos and African oh, yeah. Americans, right? Um, and so they were really carrying the day. And then Chinese um, vote for Hillary was seventy-three percent, but uh, that was nice. Uh, um, it's interesting you say that, teen, that you had concerns because we had concerns. We were seeing. You know, probably the same things that you were seeing, maybe from a different lens. But that there was some very vocal Trump supporters um, in the Chinese American community, and uh, we can talk about the other uh, race that we worked on in 2017 in a few minutes in in Seattle. But um, we we were we were very much concerned. But I think in the end, while we still always have to be vigilant, I think what we might have learned uh, is that. A lot of those folks were not registered voters or citizens that we might have heard mm. a lot of the extreme rhetoric out of. So. Good point. Good point.
0: Yeah. Were you? What about the turnout numbers? I know that was that's something that really I mean, of, of, of uh, results. I mean, you guys are independent, but then in terms of turnout, that's really the the, the thing that you guys are really focused on. How do you how do you think it went?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm pulling up the numbers now. I, I, we did increase um, from 20. 2012, right? So we're seeing this graduated uh, increase over time for Democrats. And I want to say off the top of my head, it was about a three or 4% increase from 2012, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason that is significant, right, is Latino uh, turnout was uh, about flat. But of course, everyone knows that um, African-American turnout was down close to 20%. Wow. right, so in in this environment, um, we increased our our vote for for Democrats, and not only that, but more in in some exit polls, more Asian Americans apis identified as Democrats, right So you always have that lag effect where someone votes for a party once twice three times right. and then president. they
2: self-identify it, as that part.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's that's all good good news. And that's happening, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, <laughs> or wrongly, without massive investments in in turnout. But it can easily go the other way, right? I think you all know as well as I that that API share a lot of values that are almost core conservative values. Uh, right. We've got strong family bonds. You know, we were very um, uh, economically conservative. And, so, you know, so there is a lot that the, you know, Republicans, should they ever write the ship, um, <laughs> you know, a decade from now, who 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 knows, that, that they could continue. They could make a play for APIs. Um, you know, we don't want to take anything for granted. That's why we, we always need to fight for investments and, and funds,
0: which I un. Which I understand that they do. I, I That that was the other thing that I heard was just sort of like through media reports and stuff was um, people saying that, you know, people that have worked as political consultants in, in, in Washington saying that, you know, in some ways the Republicans are a bit cannier when it comes to Asian outreach. Um, and they invest more in stuff, which I was like kind of um, was a little depressed about, to, to be honest. But, you know, that's I don't like. There, there, is, there, is the, uh, there is that dark horse in it, too. Is the, the Republicans also want to reach out, right?
1: Well, they, they, they stated publicly uh, early 16 that they were going to spend $50 million on AAPI outreach. And I, I made this crack on Twitter, uh, which I would love anybody to, to prove me wrong, that um, in 2016, the Hillary campaign likely spent more money on pizza than they did on AAPI turnout. Um, you know, I'd, I, you know, if you think about all the pizza being, you know, given out in field offices around the country, um,
2: uh, probably not far off, <laughs> probably not far
1: off. <laughs> that's the,
0: that's the, I mean, that's truly depressing if you ask yeah. me. I mean, that's just truly sad, like that they, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I mean, so it's, I mean, short of it is, is that the other, that most groups were, most, um, minority groups were down. Uh, in terms of turnout, but Asians were up.
2: Um, that, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a positive great stat. sign. Yeah, yeah, very positive sign.
1: And then there's that unknown X factor too, right? Because the the Russians were doing, uh, you know, suppressive uh, uh, social media campaigns, right? That there was a re- there was a reason why, um, first, you know that that the words. Um, super Predator came back into the lexicon this year, right? It was because those automated bots were just, you know, uh, you know pushing it out. Um, and a, a quick note is that in Virginia uh, in 17 and in Alabama, Russian bots were active. And so, you know, our side just really has to kind of be a lot smarter about this stuff because some some folks were saying that um all the social media activity uh, out there in the in virginia and in alabama there was six times more automated uh bots out there than there were real people we seen them
0: we seen them uh we we, we got bot stormed on on twitter and stuff oh. too it's they just keep they just they just keep coming mm-hmm. they keep coming it's crazy
2: yeah i mean we were lucky enough that we have part, people on the team that can uh Help on that technology side, yeah, <laughs> to, to fend off the bots. But yeah, no, it's it's a good um, it's a good thing to remember. You know, it's the reality going forward, and we're gonna just have to be smarter.
1: We're in a whole new world, right? I mean, just we are. the the psychographic profiling that uh, Cambridge Analytica did in order to figure out what messages would most resonate with uh, our swing voters, right? And coupled with hacking the DNC. Um, everybody, you know, talks about the hack in terms of Podesta's email and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. They got our voter file, right? They got, right. They got the voter file, yeah, all that stuff. The, the voter file is like, you know, the Holy Grail. Uh, you know, it is, it is the compiled data that is often obtained through door knocks by millions of volunteers around the country. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, it's how we rank our voters. And they got, they got our, our file. And they used it against us, and and all that stuff is going to come out. But I think the the larger point is is that while we're while we can, uh, you know have to continue to play trench warfare with the you know Republicans, we also need to do better uh, you know outreach, and we need to invest much more in those disparate exactly. communities that are are exactly. going to be the margins of victory. Uh, right. You know, because we can't count on the other side playing it fair. Right. We have. Right. To, exactly. We have to expand the map while they're, you know, trying to do their dirty work.
2: That That's exactly the point. Uh, I completely agree with you. We can't uh, use that as an excuse. We just have to, you know, as you said, retrench, go in there. What about the 2017? Uh, I know you, you, you said you were
0: you guys were involved or, or following uh, two pretty significant races in 2017, which is not an election cycle year, right? So, one was. What was the first one? The one in Seattle, right? For the composition of the state yeah, Senate.
1: Right. So, this was a, a special election in, in Washington state. It was the Senate district that uh, runs north south, just east of Seattle and just east of uh, Lake Union. And um, there was uh, a Republican who held this seat. He passed away. Um, in late 16. And so mm. they, uh, they had a special election. And uh, interestingly enough, and why the Victory Fund played there was because it was um, in the end, an Asian, it was an Indian American female, uh, Manka Dhingra, um Democrat. Uh, she's also Sikh American. And mm. oh, wow. yeah, okay. and um, the Republicans just about two weeks after that, after she uh, you know, announced, they, they announced that uh, uh, it was really sort of a, a Washington, D.C. operative who uh, kind of transplanted herself um, uh, into the, the, the area, Young England. So it was an Indian versus a Korean American. An al- old
2: school carpetbagger.
1: <laughs> also female. <laughs> I mean, she did, she, she did, I think, go to, to the University of Washington, but she hadn't been there for many years, and, and she was living in Washington, D.C., the other Washington, and, uh, so uh, we were we were victorious, but we went there early and, you know, had some, you know, we partnered obviously with the, you know, local folks, great local organizations um, called the Pace, which was uh, uh, an organization that has done a lot of great field work there. And then another independent expenditure pack that we worked with. Um, and they were working on, you know, delivering, you know, sort of the mainstream vote and that sort of thing. And we sort of Honed in on well, what do we got to do to to turn out you know, um, Indian Americans and Chinese Americans, which were the top two API ethnicities there, and uh, won the primary um, by ten points, and then we ended up winning the general mm. by ten points. And mm. those voter files are we're waiting on on getting updated sometime, hopefully next month. But you know, and that you know, swung the whole state, uh, I right? Think,
0: I mean, now that the yeah.
1: Right. It, it, right. Right. So the the, the state senate was, uh, 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 you know, the Democrats were one seat down, and uh, or uh, yeah, uh, the we we ended up flipping the chamber, so we were one seat up in the end. And so, the the now the entire West Coast, right? So California, Oregon. In Washington State, have uh, their House and their Senate all Democrats. So we we formed. We put right. what we say is we put the last brick in the big blue wall yeah. on the left coast. Well, so. yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And and these state legislatures are incredibly important. I mean, I, I, I think it's a story that's been told, but I don't know if everyone of our listeners or, or people are, are always aware of it. But um, that's that's how the Republicans have flipped so many congressional seats, is that they started from the state chambers, which control how the voting districts are drawn. And then if you can draw them in your favor, you can win these uh, congressional seats, right?
1: Adam, you're right. I mean, I mean, so like in the Obama years, we lost close to almost a thousand state legislative seats across the country. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And governorships, governorships. And, and, and all these things. So they might seem like, why are you uh, concentrating so much on a state legislature? It's just the state legislature. It's incredibly important.
1: And and that's sort of one of the positive things that ended up out of the terrible loss, and you know. Uh, you know in 2016 was that folks started to think about getting involved everywhere and all of a sudden yeah you know state ledge races are cool you know uh right like in virginia we we yeah, there's an um, urgen- there's an urgency had... to
0: it now definitely i felt i mean it's it's oh, yeah, so absolutely. different than, than, yeah. than, than a year before but yeah
1: and and so and that brings us kind of the virginia election right which was the other uh, area that we played uh although small um and and it was small Primarily because, you know, there, there was so much focus on Virginia. There was like progressive groups coming from all over the country. There there was money flowing into the state from all over the place. You know, big donors, small donors. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, you, you know, great groups like uh, Swing Left and Sister District uh, and others, you know, who basically said, well, you, you know, this is got to be our message to Donald Trump. And so... Rarely are like state delegate, uh, state delegates in a state almost household names amongst progressives around the country, right? But that's what we have. I mean, like, I don't mm. know if you've heard of the name Danica Rome, but she was one of the legislature, uh, legislators that, that got elected on election day here. And so it's a transgender, um, Yes, right? oh, yes, I heard of that Danica. story. And so, and she was running against Bob Marshall, who is gosh, one of the most conservative, vile people uh, that we had in, in Virginia. And
2: was he a long-time incumbent as well, or was he a new?
1: Long-time incumbent, but he—he okay. he was sort of the author of many um, anti-LGBT, you, you yeah. know, pieces of legislation, and and yeah. would would never even address Danica by her uh, by, as a her, uh, and yeah. And, and, yeah. and so it was sweet victory when you know when she ended up winning and. Uh, a reporter asked her, like, you know, what do you have to say to Bob Marshall now, who who was the, her opponent? And she said, um, you know, I, I, you know, all I can say is, you know, let me know how I can help you. You're a constituent yeah, she now. Yeah, she took the class, she took the classy <laughs> oh, way man. out. Oh, uh, man.
2: With a, yeah, with, with, with a just, touch of class. That's incredible. Too, but that's, that's. Yeah. That is incredible. That's great.
1: And honestly, I don't even think it was a snark. It was. It was. She. She was like, you know, she was just. She was natural. I think that's the thing that really separated her from the pack was she's just so authentic. You, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sorry. No, I but Virginia
0: you. is kind of a, the home state in a way. Like, it's kind of the home state to to the victory fund. Can you tell us the story about like sort of like the genesis of this? I think it was back <laughs> in the
1: war. Was it the Mark Warner
0: campaign or something?
1: It was. It was actually the the um the. Jim Webb campaign. Uh, Jim so Webb. it was Jim okay. Webb and, uh, yeah, it was running, ag- uh, the Democrat was running against, um, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, it, it was, um, <laughs> it'll let's come Google to it. me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, well, let's yeah. Google it while we're doing the live pod. Uh-huh. But, so this so was a Senate or gu- uh,
0: for the uh, gubernatorial race?
1: Yeah, no, it was a Senate race. It was a Senate race. And and so, basically, so the, the chairman of the, the super PAC, Shaker Narsimhan, his son, was a tracker for, uh, the Jim Webb campaign. So he would show up Mm at, you know, the Republicans campaign stops and, um, you know, basically, uh, uh, he, he, you know, uh, got to be known and he kind of, um, uh, this is going to bug me, uh, you know, until I can figure out who was running against. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now, but,
2: uh, so Shakar's, um, Son was a a tracker, and that means that he goes to the Republican campaign stops and does what?
1: George Allen. So George he Allen. basic, yeah, George Allen, yeah, exactly. So basically, he co- shows up to all of uh, you know George Allen's campaign stops, and he uh-huh. he videotapes them essentially oh, uh, to see okay. if they trip so up, just... uh, you know, Got say it. something, and so uh, Shaker's sons at an event in Southwest Virginia, and. Uh, George Allen, it's like it's a it's a small campaign stop. There's you know not sure. a lot of folks there, and he gets them on video saying, "Look at that macaca over there," and um, oh my god, that was really famous, right? It was the yeah exactly, and <laughs> nobody knew for a couple days. They had it on tape, and they're like, "What's a macaca?" And nobody ever, you know, they're like, "Okay, it's, they called him a monkey," yeah, and then they did some more research, and uh, you know, they find out that uh, it's it's a. It's a vulgarity it's a used uh, often from North Africa. And they do some more research. And, you know, it turns out that uh, George Allen's, you know, um, mother was from <laughs> from there. North and, and, oh, wow. and so and then they even find out in the end that George Allen has Jewish blood. So um, really, really ironic. But um, anyway, so Shaker. You know at the time basically use you know he was like well wow you know i've lived in this country for so long uh, my my son was born in virginia uh, mm. uh you, you know when will we ever be american and so mm-hmm. it kind of gets him much more politically involved and he does a lot of things in, in democratic politics and uh you know and that sort of thing and it really brought him over to our side in a very big way and ends it up he you know he ends up starting the the super PAC in late late 2015 early 2016. So that's the the, wow. the origin of, of how we got to where in we Georgia are George Allen
0: lost that race, yeah.
1: He yeah. lost that race, yeah. By uh, uh, looks like oh just barely, wow, by 0.4 uh, percent. I, yeah. I forgot, but uh, how
2: close it was. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, so kind of it kind of proved it was it
0: was a beautiful story because it just kind of. One, it's so outrageous, but two, like it, it, it kind of, um, it, it kind of sh- was your own proof of concept for the API victory fund uh, strategy, right? Because, because wasn't ultimately like the <laughs> you know the, the, the Asian American vote turn, uh, the Asian American vote you could say turned that election right if it if it came down to such a narrow a narrow margin if the Asian Americans had voted the other way it would have gone to, to Allen.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it. Uh, I don't don't have those numbers handy, but uh, it it really kind of flipped the tide because George Allen had been leading in all the yeah. polls, you know. Uh, and, mm. and and Jim Webb, even though he was known in the state, I mean, he was former secretary of the Navy and and, and a prolific writer and and you, you know wrote you know some screenplays for Hollywood. He wasn't like a household name by any means, and uh, it really was sort of a come from behind victory, and you know folks really got to see who the Georgia Allen's true colors during the race. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. 20,
0: 2018, big year. We're going to have midterms. Everyone's, I mean, this is, this is going to be a real, a real test for where the country's at. What, what do you guys have planned? What-
1: right. Yeah. So, you know, let, let me just kind of set the stage a little bit. Right. So you have all the indicators, uh, that Democrats and operatives typically look at. They're all swinging mm-hmm. in our direction right now. Right. So, I think the thing though that worries a lot of folks is can we keep up this sustained momentum from now until November it's it's just like mm-hmm. a sheer eternity right i mean we hope we can we're coming off you know a great senate win in alabama we're coming off major victories Uh, you know, in in Virginia, everybody said we were going to win seven seats in the House of Delegates. We ended up winning, you know, 15. And then, you know, we've overperformed in every special election uh, last year, even though we were only victorious in just a handful. Um, We're overperforming in like really deep, dark red districts. You know, here we are now sitting in January thinking, okay, well, uh, what what are uh, you know you know, all obviously everybody is on full you know full alert that, you know everybody's hiring everybody's getting activated and so a couple of things for example like the victory funds focused on is just last week we we endorse what we're calling the Minetta 11 which is sort of our first tranche of in, endorsements of um, uh, folks running for congress and we'll mm-hmm. unveil more, but you know uh, you know as time progresses, but we've endorsed you know folks like um, two 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 are sort of what we're calling incumbent protects, right? So they're incumbents that um, always have uh, one one of them always has a tough race. It's amibera in in California around Sacramento. And then uh, Indian American. And then we have um, Stephanie Murphy, Vietnamese American, who Mm -hmm. is um, who knocked off like a five or six term incumbent, John Micah, last time around. She came out of nowhere. Amazing, amazing legislator. Um, Vietnamese American came, you know, uh, to this country just a few months old, Um, you know, was a was obviously a refugee. Uh, Just went to Georgetown, National Security Studies. Just really great, great resume, great story.
2: And where is she running? Um,
1: Out of the Orlando area, right? And so we have those two, but we've got other great folks. Uh, You know, um, we have Nina Ahmed, who is running um, in Philadelphia suburbs. She's the former deputy mayor of Philadelphia, uh, Long-time uh, activist. I've known her <laughs> actually for you know close to 15, 16 years. She's a former uh, D- D- Dean campaign alum like myself, and uh, and then and then we've right. got you know Dave Min, who's running in California in the LA area, mm-hmm. uh, Korean American, and so uh, the the closest election um, out of all of the ones we endorsed is actually <clears throat> uh, her name is Dr. Hirpal uh, Tipperani. and she's running um in the arizona suburb sorry phoenix suburbs um uh uh, northwest phoenix and this is interesting right so um she was running anyway and then uh, she declared sometime last year and then The person who was the incumbent, Trent Franks, announced his resignation. He was, you're right, there's so much scandal going on in the Republican Party, you know, but he was the guy that wanted to, you know, have one of his um, campaign, one of his uh, congressional staff be a (laughs) a surrogate for him and his wife. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that only that only that. And so he he stepped down. And and so now all of a sudden, there's going to be a special election as opposed to, uh, you know, a primary and then a general election in November. Oh, okay. So it uh, there's going to be a primary at the end of February and then there's going to be the general election in uh, late April. So uh, we we came out and endorsed. There there are like, uh, uh, you know, at least two or three Democrats running, but she's the only Asian and we wanted to get, um, behind her early, but, uh, sure, yeah, absolutely. you know, great, great stories. All of them have, have great stories.
2: And they're called the Mineta 11 for right. what reason? So, uh,
1: Norm Mineta is our honorary chair. Uh, of course he's an icon in, oh, okay, great. in the API world, right? Mayor of San Jose, yeah. Congressman, secretary of transportation, secretary of commerce, just all around great guy who always got what we we're trying to do in terms of AAPI empowerment and so when we reached out to him and asked him if he would it would be okay to use his name he was very honored and 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 so we're, we're doing that to, to recognize him but uh there's many more to come there's we're tracking right now uh on our website uh, apivictoryfund.com 60 people 60 asian americans running for congress that's alone that's really amazing that's really amazing yeah, yeah, yeah! Wow. That's actually more. That's actually, more, that, I mean, that's actually would be. I mean, just in
0: terms of running, that's uh, that's almost we're kind of
1: outperforming our numbers, aren't we? Yeah. It, you know, by a it, lot. Absolutely. I, I think if we were to get a good, you know, five or ten, we would be overperforming in Congress. Uh, you, you know, but hey, let's let's do that to make up for all those for years sure. where we were underperforming, right? Since <laughs> the leap, sing song. You mentioned
0: Orlando. You mentioned Phoenix. Like, it's not just. What we traditionally think of as the big Asian population centers, too, right? Like the, you know, they're they're going out in in competitive districts as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing I think um, that a lot of you, you know folks who might even be thinking about running one day uh, need to know is that you don't need to, you know, run in an Asian district in order to mm. to run and 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 even win. Many of these folks don't live in, you know, places that have but you know, two, three, 4%, you know, AAPI populations. You know, if if you were to look at silver linings out of the Trump win, it's like people from all walks of life, you know, a lot of experience or no experience, they're running for office, they're getting active in politics, you know, and they're getting active in local politics. I mean, state ledge races are sexy. (laughs) Uh, Who would have said that, you know, like... Like it's only half ago it is it so, is true. Like <laughs> so massive, true
0: it's like a massive
2: it's like a complete <laughs> fundamental change i think people are just recognizing that it has so it impacts your life you know it actually impacts your day to day it's amazing that you can find i think it's really great you can find 60 people yeah. to run and to endorse and to really help and train and and, and get get out there yeah. it, it's that's an astounding number it's great. And we're
1: we're getting like uh, and, and there's going to be more than 60 right i mean the filing deadlines are not even we're not even close to the filing deadlines yet so there's probably going to be you know, many more folks that do run. Uh, you know, but not only that, we're getting like inquiries on a weekly basis from organizations who want to uh, have us sort of, you know, nominate people to get trained to run for office. So, if there's any listeners right. out there, just go onto our website, send me a send me an email, and uh, if you want to be nominated, let me know. Uh, there's, you know, uh, great trainings going on. I mean, I think not only are, are our, our state legislative, you know, uh, districts and seats sexy again. But uh, what's also kind of, you know, neat is um, a lot of funders, you know, want to see more people of color run for office. That was the great thing in Virginia. You know, you probably saw that the, out of the 15, I think there was um, maybe only... One or two that were white male, right? All of them were either women or candidates of color, mm-hmm. uh, or had some other type of diversity. But I mean, that's just amazing. And and the thing is, is people want to vote for what their communities, you know, represent and look like,
0: right? You know, right, yeah.
1: um, and yeah, <laughs> all absolutely. fifteen of the 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 folks that won in Virginia beat white mm-hmm. men.
0: And 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 <laughs> where that that state set in Washington state it's not hugely Asian over there either, and yet it was two Asian Asian Americans no, it's going not, up yeah. against each other, right?
1: Well, it does have a high API yeah. population, but it's not California. Yeah. It's not Hawaii. Exactly. It's not, yeah, know? exactly. You're, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's not yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. It's not like right. it's not like Choose district, which but, is which is majority Asian. I think that's something that's definitely like a huge uh, lesson that we almost can't learn until we see it that, you know, Asian Americans are politically relevant even if we don't like you said, we don't have the the population base does not mean that 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 Ameri- that you know our neighbors in our in our um, our community members will not support us if we want to lead right. That's that's what I'm taking away from that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that. People are coming around to the whole, you know, we need to elect legislators that sort of have different points of view, right? I mean, like in Virginia, in some ways, it's a very backward state, even though we did have this great election. You know, um, Terry McAuliffe, the you know, the governor, the former governor now, um, you know was basically trying to restore the rights of you know hundreds of thousands of primarily African Americans who uh, you know had had uh, you know convictions served their time uh, paid their their price and um, uh, had uh, you know could not get their voting rights restored and and so yeah. but the the reason was because there were laws on the books that were so old and so ingrained um, into sort of, uh, you, you know, the common day thinking, um, of Virginia that nobody really thought about it, you, you know, until some great folks, uh, LeVar Stoney, the now mayor of Richmond who served in the cabinet, you know, um, uh, raised it, uh, uh, raised the issue. And, and so, um, you know, the, 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 the great thing is, is I see a lot of crumbling down in the country, right? You've got millennials and and women and other groups who are just impatient for change, right? Yes. And I, I think yes. legislators really have to. And it's 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 you know the Me Too movement is just such a, a amazing thing for even. Uh You know a male in this country to see who really just strongly believes in you know in what's uh you know that that that, that the change has to happen but it's i I also think that it you know, hopefully it will provide impetuses for, you know, in in other communities like our community, there's still a lot of discrimination mm-hmm. that goes on and a lot of sort of glass ceiling and bamboo ceiling type of things that you yeah, know that absolutely. need to kind of uh come crumbling down. But you know, I'm I'm very optimistic that we're 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 seeing the most I, I tell my kids every time they watch the news, like like pay close attention, right? This this change that we're seeing now only happens once every two or three generations yeah, yeah it's gotta be yeah <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> well and, and i'm glad i talked to you Varun, because i i can get very cynical and down on this but you know you Talking to you and, and, and realizing there are people like you out there that are so optimistic and, and doing things and getting out there and organizing, it gives me more hope. I can really get down on it because you know you just see things like uh, even though we won, you know, in Alabama, you know, that Roy Moore almost got elected. Uh, you know, I, you know, and you see these signs. You know, like you see the all all the great things that you know we that have happened and and, and Democrats winning. But you also see Republicans still winning. And it can get depressing. But, you know, when I look at your website and I see the really great mix, you know, men and women, uh, East Asians, Southeast Asians, Indians, people from everywhere in Asia, um, it just, it's incredible to see it. Uh, And... um, I'm glad I talked. To One you. of yeah. my suspicions, <laughs>
0: though, and this is a little bit this is uh, maybe my, my misanthropic side of it, like as to why I am really enthused by this um, by the younger generation embracing politics as a as a priority because I, I certainly never did when I was young. But I think part of it may be you know there's just not like any cool jobs to to go pursue <laughs> like you know like when when we were, when it was when it was my time it was like there were just these huge rushes to like get into investment banking or a huge rush to get to Silicon Valley (laughs) and make your millions and now I think people are like you just don't have that distraction anymore like everyone hurting over to like one industry and that's what you got to do I think people are finally like take time to sit down and think about you know stuff other than going out and getting um, you know getting your hugely successful management
1: consulting job started you know I mean there was right I mean the election the the election Kind of precipitated a um, this right this societal cultural shift where you know a lot of um, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way but maybe some people younger people kind of thought why should I get involved it doesn't affect me and then Trump got elected, and they're like, wow, it affects me maybe more than I thought. Maybe I should have voted. Maybe I did vote, but I didn't vote you know, <laughs> uh, you know, for Hillary. Or maybe I voted for Hillary, but I didn't like, look at the bottom of the ballot. You know, it could have been any number of things. And um, I'm, you, you know, heartened by the fact that, you know, millennials are getting involved, younger people are getting involved. They are now the largest voting cohort in the United States, right, officially as of like, you know, several months ago. And um, I think campaigns have to do a much better job uh, to, to do uh, outreach. They can't call it millennial outreach anymore. Right. As if it's this like small sliver of the electorate. It is the electorate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were you were sort of there
0: at the start of it at the dean campaign and stuff. But I do think that from from then till now, the 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 effectiveness of the messaging um, in terms of, you know, convincing people that, you know, look, people in power uh, may not and probably don't have your interests at heart. Making that case uh, has I think I think that's one of the things that has really changed things uh politically. It's really activated the youth. I think that message is so clear now. Uh and and so I think that's a big upside that you know you cannot just assume that 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 the people were voting into power and that they're put that they're then in turn empowering mm-hmm. give a crap about you or your future, you know. Um so I think that that's been that's been very very effective um Note, like if you, sometimes it feels a little bit like the the the, um you know the frog being boiled on the stove and, but if you really take account for the change in youth attitude, I know there's been some studies about youth attitudes around just sort of like fundamental pillars, um, just fundamental attitudes towards government and then things like that. It's been a, what I understand has been a sea change. Um, so yeah, that, that once, once, a once in every two to three generation shift, uh, sounds right to me, <laughs> you know, like it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and, and to get to, you know, I think, um, what you were saying, Varun, that there's start, I think the younger generation is starting to realize that this stuff is affects, affects them. Right. And one of those huge issues, I think that has come to the forefront, though it's always been a topic of discussion, but it's sort of really become the central issue is immigration. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of the the millennial voters, or, or even um, the older millennial voters like myself, who are you know mid thirties, starting to realize that you know that that this stuff affects them because they either know people, you know, their friends, or it or is them. their their family members or just people in their community that it affects so you know immigration DACA dreamers uh, for me I'm adoptee so you know adoptees without citizenship that you know that's an issue that Mm. I think that's part of that immigration debate that is sort of lost but uh, is really important to talk about but because of issues like immigration income inequality that's sort of for me I think that that's really motivated or it seemed to
1: activate uh, the younger generation you know you you hit the nail on the head, so just in terms of like why all apis should stand up, uh take notice, get involved in in you know the political process because close to seventy five percent of apis are uh, immigrants right i mean yeah it, it, i I was born in India, I came here when I was two. Uh, so whether you're an adoptee or undocumented or what have yeah. you, it, 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 every single API is directly affected unless you've been here for five generations. Directly affected. People kind of look at DACA and Dreamers from the Latino lens, mm-hmm. and it's right, it's right. it's certainly you, you know affect affects their community. It affects our oh, community. Oh yeah, of course.
2: Well, the, the 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 woman who was uh, who uh, got in contact with Dick Durbin uh, and, and is the original dreamer. She's I think she's uh, Korean American or, or yeah. she, she's Asian American. Yeah. Uh, Teresa Kim, I think is her name. Uh, I could be wrong, but she's the one that it affected, and she called him up, and he was like, "What? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. What's going on?" And and he's. That started back in like 2001-ish. So I I think that's part of that story where people are sort of, you know, are not aware that the original Dreamer is an Asian American woman.
1: This is why everybody needs to, in this election in 2018, right, they, they need to stand up and do something, play any kind of small part. Vote, donate five bucks to any organization, uh, you know, make a phone call, talk to their parents, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, about something that that affects them, right? And here's another thing uh, that maybe some people are paying attention to, some are not, a lot of them are not, is the whole uh, census, right, that's coming up in 2020, Mm -hmm. is that this administration is trying to do what th- the opposite of what a census should do. They're not trying to count people. They're not trying to, t- to count Asian-Americans and African-Americans and la- la- Latinos. They are not trying to count us because if they count us, we have more political power in this country. They're trying to do everything they can to not count us and think about the ramifications so we could end up winning a bunch of state legislative seats right because we've got a little bit of you know mm-hmm. wind to our back and some momentum right and they could undo everything in you know by by appointing a census director and coming up with methodologies in the census that reverse any kind of power we may even bring up in the states Right, so who cares if we get to control the redistricting process because we're winning back state legislators and we're winning governor's mm-hmm. mansions. It, it almost doesn't matter if you, if you have the uh, control over the census and the methodologies that, that are gonna be deployed. So, you know, uh, there is more than enough reasons to kind of be pessimistic, right? You know, and mm-hmm. we, we do have, you know, this great momentum, but we have to continue to be vigilant um, you, you know, because when they say this whole, you know, chain migration, I mean, what the frick is that? You know, that is <laughs> what we call family reunification, right? And it's been our government right. policy for generations. And, and it's, it's basically, they're using us, they're, they're targeting us. They're targeting Latinos. They're targeting Well, It's aliens.
2: been, it's been the dominant form of migration period and immigration to America period, uh, since the beginning of immigration. <laughs> since the beginning of immigration. <laughs> like, uh, well, since the beginning of, like, official legal yeah, immigration, right? right? Uh, it's This is not a new concept. So, you know, but the Republicans are masters at this sort of messaging, right? They come up with this scary-sounding two- or three-word description of something that's been happening for hundreds B- of back years. Back in
0: the day, they would have done it through, like, a political cartoon where, like, we're, like, half rats. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Buck, mm-hmm. buck tooth, R- and, right. you yeah. know, yeah. you, you got to kick them back, but these days they you know they go with hashtag yeah. Yeah. Or, or or buzzwords like like chain migration. I mean, it's a little bit more subtle, but it's the same effect, you know, you, you see right through it, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, we do. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like. It sounds like you just have more on your plate now than you did when we first talked, and that's great, um, because I always thought that the strategy was really smart, because it, it, you know, when you first described it to me, this sort of somewhat quantitative approach that you take towards, you know, the way you spend your resources and and focusing on on areas where the Asian American vote is in play, uh, fundamentally inverted the way I thought about Asian Americans in politics, meaning that we um, we were we you know we could be a we could be that deciding vote rather than just that small vote that doesn't count. So that that to me was like it was just something that really made me think a lot more um, and opened my eyes to the fact that you know we need to change the way we think. There are other ways to view it, you know, uh, and, and not always just go with these narratives about how Asian American you know we're just a small percentage of the population and you know, the, the the messaging of the past seemed to be like Sisyphean. It seemed to be just like, you know, I know your vote doesn't count, but just go out there anyway, because it's your civic duty. I like this approach a lot more. So I'm glad that you guys are still, you still, you, you know, you got a lot left to do.
1: We do. And I, I think sort of the next evolution um, is that, you know, as much as we can do to turn out the API vote, as much as we can do to try to get APIs elected, I think the next sort of evolution for us is now working across communities of color, right? So building some coalitions Mm -hmm. with, you know, the African American community, the Latino community, Native community, and even, you know, women's groups, right? Because we are fighting Mm -hmm. the exact same battles, you you, you know? And so uh, Mm -hmm. we will be able to do much better work. Uh, more groundbreaking work if we can kind of build these coalitions. And so certainly watch out for some announcements, um, on that, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of the top of my priority list is to engage, you know, other groups that, you know, will continue to raise all of our, our, our profiles, you know, rather than trying to do it just singularly, you know, so, um, I'm excited about that too because there is like you know the Arizona district that I was uh, mentioning before um, even though uh, you know the the person running is Indian American Asian American right there's only about two to three percent api's in that district but there's more than 20 20- there's 20 it's more than 20 percent Latino. Right. So, you know, there's uh, great uh, opportunities for for partnership there. They win because they get a representative who, uh, you know, potentially who could, you know, sort of represent their interests. But it's a, you know, it's an Asian-American. So, um, uh, you, you know, there, you look across the country and there's so many districts like that. You know, we're, we'll work with one group, even though, you, you know, they're a smaller percentage and vice versa. And I think, you know, that's, that's a winning formula, I think, for all of us collectively.
0: Awesome. Uh, Varunai A AAPI Victory Fund. El Presidente, we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> we'll put a link in the, in the, uh, we'll put a link in the show note um, to the website, but please, yeah, let's, let's stay in touch because 2018, like, you know, it's going to be a big year. And and uh, it's always great talking to you, man.
1: Absolutely. Enjoyed it, gentlemen. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This sounds like political, presidential talk to me. I know people have talked to you about whether or not you want to win. Would you ever? Probably not. But I, I do get tired of seeing the country rip Why would you time. not? I just don't think I really have the inclination to do it. I love what I'm doing. I really like it.
0: Also, I, it doesn't pay as well.